Alright, everybody, welcome to Victory Monday! Three in a row for Washington. And they made us sweat all three of those games. Woo! Listen, um, at this point, I'm about to start saying uh, Washington Commanders will win if... I'm just going to say Washington Commanders will give us a heart attack if they don't do. Because <laughs> this game, along with last week's game... It's, I swear these, these guys are trying to give us a heart attack, man. It's, and it's not even up to, for debate. Like, oh my word. Whew. So they ended up beating the Colts. Um, but they had to work for it. And the legend of Taylor Heineke continues. Um, he's the only player that knows how to get Terry McLaurin the ball. Um, but literally it was... If you're a football fan, this game was fun to watch. If you're a fan of either one of these teams, you were ready to pull every strand of hair out of your head this entire game. Oh, it was so many things that was beautiful for both sides. It was so many things that made you want to say, well, who the heck, who chose that? Oh, my word. All right, so. Um, Washington's run game was non-existent. Kind of knew that was going to happen. The Colts got their best run stoppers back. Um, so, of course, uh, the run game was not going to happen. Um, so, I won't put any pressure on to um, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson for the performance that they these guys had um, yesterday. Um, mainly because I knew that's what was going to happen. Like, when Taylor Heineke is your leading running back and Curtis Samuel was your leading rusher as well, um, yeah, I, I kind of figured that, you know? Um, but they also didn't get the attempts. Like, if you want to actually enforce some pain on a team that you're going to get, you kind of want to have 20 rushes by your, by your backs. I think they only have 15. I don't have the stats in front of me right now. I, I you know, I, I do the the research and then get in the car and start talking my mouth off. Um, but they did get Terry McLaurin the ball, man. Um, Terry McLaurin, had, I think he had six catches for a buck 15. Um, one of them should have been a touchdown. And I think if that's the one thing that we always have a discrepancy with Taylor Heineke is his arm strength. Um, so many balls that he throws McLaurin's way, McLaurin is literally stopping and just embarrassing corners because Heineke can't get the ball to the spots he needs to get it to. But rule of thumb, if you can't get the ball to where they're going, get it to where you know they can make the catch. And Terry McLaurin is, he's making Taylor Heineke look like a high priced quarterback right now. He's basically making... Heineke looked like Stephon Diggs is making Josh Allen look. Like, okay, I'll give you an example. We all talk and joke that, I didn't know you were talking this way. We all talk and joke that um, Josh Allen is a top-tier quarterback in the NFL. Well, the, he wasn't a top-tier quarterback until he got Stephon Diggs in that lineup. 
and he had some okay receivers in Buffalo. I mean, we I can't say Sammy Watkins because we, we see how he's looking with Aaron Rodgers. Like, um, Sammy Watkins had the luck of the draw with the quarterbacks he's played for. Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes. If you want to throw in Lamar, I mean, Lamar is not good at throwing the wide receivers, but he's not no you know, slouch. And now he got Aaron Rodgers. Sammy Watkins has been playing with possibly four Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I say possibly. Who knows? But, yeah, like, it's insane. Sammy Watkins has a lot of talent around him and is not producing. In the year he produced, I think, in Buffalo, I think it was with, what, Tyron Taylor? So, I mean, you know, you always look at players and who they're surrounded by and what they can do. And it bothers me that a guy of Sammy Watkins' caliber is not getting the numbers that he's getting, except for when he had Deshaun Watson and Clemson. But then he also had DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the field. So, I'm just saying, you know. Um, but back to this game, um, the legend of Taylor Heineke continues and there should be no other conversation around it as well. This kid is basically living his best life as a guy that's just going to swing the ball however he wants it and nobody's going to stop him. Um, but yeah, somehow when Carson Wentz gets back, if he gets back in the lineup, he has to have the same mentality that Taylor has. But the only issue is Carson Wentz wants to stay in the pocket. In the NFL, these guys are entirely too fast and entirely too nifty for you to to count in your head three seconds and then run. It's like Heineke is like, I'm going to count one second and then I'm out of there. I'm still looking downfield, but at least I'm I'm giving myself some time looking at how the offensive line is blocking. The only thing I don't like about Heineke is he has two reads, and he gives up on those two reads before he starts jogging around. Because some guys are wide open, but just the simple fact that when he jogs around, you know, you give your, your players more time. Sometimes, you know, you can do some quick stuff. Because he has the arm to do the quick stuff. And he's, he did a lot of quick stuff yesterday to Curtis Samuel, to Gibson. Um, that was in the flow of the offense. But Heineke has one of those, um, I'm just going to chuck it, mentalities that sometimes he just can't have. Like Sometimes you got to eat it. I know he gave up an interception late in the game that automatically made me think in my mind, this game is over. But... The Colts are not a winning team. They scored entirely too fast, left a lot of time on the clock. I think they scored like in three plays or something like that. Three or four plays that drive, and it was just I was just like, all right, well, this game's over, but I wasn't thinking in my mind they would come down and get a three. Because whenever they look for a field goal first, time only tells that we suck and we will miss the field goal and lose the game somehow. But they made the field goal, got the ball back with great defense, and I'll get to that in a second. 
and came back down and just quickly, just surgically, Terry McLaurin, big catch, big catch. But if it was like if Heineke had an arm, because he was dancing around in that pocket, and it looked like he put everything he had into that uh, pass to Terry, and it was short. Like, Terry was in full sprint, and he was five yards away from Gilmore. And he stopped, came back, out-jumped Gilmore, even though Gilmore had better position on the football. They both had hands on the ball. And McLaurin was just like, I want to win, and I don't care who you are. You could be the best corner in the league, which Gilmore is the top corner in the league. But you ain't taking this ball from me. And, and and like I said in my uh, They Win If uh, podcast, Terry McLaurin just wants it. He just wants it. We don't have guys on our team that just want it. Like, the guy didn't even score the touchdown, and he was talking so much garbage about this is his city. You ain't going to outshine me in my – like, there's no passion really in all sports right now. It's about the money. Once you get the money, I'm just here and I'm getting my stats so I can get the next paycheck. You got paid. Now win. Especially when it comes to the NFL. Most of the time, you only get one big deal. You get that big deal, you go out and you put every bit of passion into the, at least the next two years. That's why so many guys get traded in their second contract. Because they get their money and they just feel like, okay, I don't need to do nothing now. But, man, I was so proud of Terry McLaurin, man. And also, I was so proud of this defense. My word, my man, I was entirely proud of this defense. For some reason, and I'm still trying to figure out, this team does not have more turnovers than they do. Literally, in this one game alone, it seemed like they had more turnovers than they had the entire season. I think they recovered two fumbles, and, a, and they had a pick. Did they have a pick? I think they had a pick. This team can get more than that. But, man, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, those guys are just a menace. But I was so proud of Jamin Davis, who took over for Cole Holcomb, who couldn't play. We've been getting Jamin Davis... So much fits on the podcast, in the media, about how how he is a bust of a player. This man played his butt off. Um, I it, Guys are afraid to tackle Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Jamin Davis had some key tackles and forced fumbles. The, the man... If you, the man is just going to continue to grow. He's starting to learn what the linebacker in the NFL is supposed to be. I'm loving his future outcome. Now, Cole Holcomb is just a tackling machine. But sometimes he leaves himself open. And Jamin Davis is, is following suit. He leaves himself open a lot. But, man, I was so happy for him yesterday. Jamin Davis showed me a lot. Uh, Benjamin Seju showed me a lot. Uh, Casey Tuhill on the line showed me a lot. The, the defense, I'm tired of saying it because people have not been paying me no mind. 
the defense is nasty. If it wasn't for some of the mistakes that the offense is making, the defense would be top tier in the league, and it ain't up for discussion. They only had two games where it made you scratch your head, and they got beat down, but they played eight games so far. Teams can have slips, okay? Now, next week. Sorry, I did have some soundproof stuff. Now. No, he's trying to go there. Sorry for the fire truck, y'all. Um, he's trying to take an exit, and nobody's moving, even though, obviously, he's trying to get to the exit. Um, so next week, it's the return of Kirk Cousins. Kirk, Kirk, with a K, people. It's not Kurt. Kirk is coming back to D.C., where us as a fan base kind of, sort of, still wanted Kirk to be here. They dogged us out about that one, so... Kirk could still be our quarterback, even with, we just got a bunch of cap space, so we could have still had him. Um, He brings in a one-loss Vikings team that really only had one tough game this year. Um, Defensively, I think we're going to have some issues, but... um, I think that's only because Justin Jefferson is just a problem. Um, I know Jalen Rager is still fresh off from coming from the Eagles and so on and so forth. But um, the defense will be tested with Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and those guys. But when it comes to our offense – if we don't step up with how many people are hurt on the Vikings right now, um, this is a test. This is a real test for us because after the Vikings, we have some opportunities. I'm sorry, after the Vikings, then we have the Eagles, which could be a, a train wreck. But then we got two games that's an opportunity. You have Houston, you have the Falcons. Those are your two opportunity games. Okay, I can see us going into the Giants game at 500, but let's not be naive. NFC East games, I'm talking about the Philly game, could go any which way. Bad teams, for some reason, always give good teams a problem late in the season, not early. The good teams always be do the beatdowns early in the year. So, who knows what's going to happen with Philly this this time around. Now, it's in Philly, and that's not a favorable situation for Washington. But anything can happen. And that Giant game, I I think the Giants got exposed this past weekend. Um, Giants are a pretty good team all the way around. And I keep saying from, from the past few years that They could be bottom feeders, but let's not act like their defense is not stacked. 
They got some talent on that defense. So Washington's 4-4 right now. We're at the very top of the in the hunt section for the playoffs. So we are the number eight seed in the NFC right now. And if, if they have a chance toward the end of the year to get that seven seed just to get into the door, they got to take it, man. Um, now, I don't know if that's going back to Carson Wentz. I don't know if that's staying with Taylor Heineke or whatever. But, I mean, as a fan, as always, I'm always excited. Um, but I know the stress is going to come. There's going to be some weeks where I'm just like, I ain't watching this game because I already know what's going to happen. Um, so yes, we'll see what happens. All right. So guys, I appreciate you guys listening in. Um, we got straight from the hip coming to you on tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, unfortunately I may not be a part of that. Um, I got some planning to do for the season coming up, and I have to do some things um, with the team. So that could be a toss-up there. Um, So we'll see. Um, I will be talking to you guys later. I appreciate all the love, all the clicks. Every time you see one of these podcasts pop up, go ahead and share it. Make sure you put my, my ear out there for everyone to hear. Because my opinion sometimes is pretty solid. Especially when it comes to all these other idiots that's out here in the world. Uh, I have a friend of mine that said he wants me to start talking about basketball. So I'm probably going to do a weekly talk on the NBA as well. I've been wanting to get one of my boys in and start doing that podcast. Um, but we can never be on the same page. Um... But soon that will happen. I will try to schedule at least one day a week, especially now that basketball season is starting to pop up. Um, so I have to start doing a set schedule when I can do these talks. And, um, yeah, man, so we'll see. So look out for all that stuff in the future. Appreciate you guys, man. Bigger716 is the Twitter page. Bigger versus the people is the Facebook group. I will holler at you guys later. Peace.